96.5 FM in Crawford Bay. Oh, if you're in the lower Slocan Valley, which I know some of you are, you're listening to us on 101.5 FM. And the ND, New Denver, shout out to you all out there. You're tuning in on 107.5 FM. Tonight's show, if you're now tuning in and you've never tuned in before, is called Query with Abs, Axel, Bria, and Shaz. But um, if you were listening last week, you know that Bria and Shaz were unavailable uh, to do the show. So we've given Axel the night off, kind of, because we pre-recorded the show. And with our technician, Axel, the... uh, the young one that knows computers, not here, we've had some technical difficulties. To say the least. <laughs> so, there's not going to be any music today, just us talking. Get over it. But in the meantime, here's a public service announcement for you. On December 10th, the Kayleen Center's fourth annual Festival of Lights. Join us for this year's Festival Lights on Tuesday, December 10th from 5.30 to 7 at 402 West Richard Street. This is a family-friendly event that acknowledges and shares journeys of loss, grief, and remembrance. Participants are invited to place a card on the Tree of Light and light a candle in memory of a loved one. Performance by Corazon Ensemble with Alison Gervan and world-renowned harpist Julia Cunningham. Cost is $10 at the door. Donations of $25 or more receive a tax receipt. Light refreshments provided. Limited parking. Please consider carpooling. Please ensure you RSVP and remember to dress warm. For more information uh, and to RSVP, visit the Kayleen website, www.kaleincenter.org, or call 250-352-3331, or if you feel like emailing, email at info at kayleencenter.org. So, if you've all been to Nelson at some point in time over the past a month from November, you'll know this business about Burger Week. Burger Week is one of the highlights of November, that and the Winter Carnival, of course, and of course getting ready for the ski hills to open. But the Burger Week, Burger Month as it's called, uh, brings together all of the restaurants in Nelson to compete against each other for the best burger. The great thing about it is that the cost is relatively low, so you've got it's three ninety five plus tip and taxes. Tip your servers uh, to enjoy burgers, up to twenty two different burgers at all of these participating restaurants, and then you can go online and vote. So what we did was we uh, decided to take a portable recorder and attempt to do some field work, as we call <laughs> it. So we went to a few restaurants. Uh, ate our faces off, and then attempted to edit together a segment that you'll soon be listening to. And all of the restaurants were pretty accommodating. They were super, like, willing to uh, slice our burgers in three because there were three of us, and we didn't want to eat a burger each each time. So now we've been sitting at the recording studio here at the Kootenai Co-op Radio for the past three hours trying to figure out how (laughs) to edit together a podcast so if you're tuning in 
enjoy the trip. There's going to be no music, unfortunately, so if you're driving, I hope you're going to enjoy the clanking around of plates in the background, people talking to each other as we... Full mouse. <laughs> ...talk about our week. You're listening to 93.5 in Nelson, and this is Query, which is the queerest hour on Cooney Cobb Radio. It's a radio show that's made by queer people, for queer people, and everybody else who wants to listen in. Today, we have a very special edition episode that is featuring Nelson's Burger Month. So we are actually out right now on location. <laughs> at the Tamil kitchen currently. Yum, but yum, we, yum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it smells so good in here. I can see the steam just coming off the buffet dishes. It makes me want to... Oh, yeah, they do a buffet, too. Ha- have you guys been here before? I have, yeah. I come here often. It's one of my favorite restaurants. Is Nelson. it? Yeah. Oh, I've never been here before. It's my I, first time. I have been here a couple times. Sometimes I come in to get samosas. And I've also once been to the buffet that they have at lunchtime, which is like an amazing deal. I think it's like 15 bucks for all you can eat um, delicious like curries and stuff. And dessert. They have sweet stuff too. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, So we're here and we'll be visiting two other establishments. We've actually already been to one. And so this is our second stop on our tour. And we are going to be sampling some of the offerings of burger month and letting you know what we think and having other kinds of related chats as we munch on delicious food Mm-hmm. and burger week is so great because it you know on this dreary time of the year where people kind of want to start nesting it gives people the opportunity to come out and socialize and like at an affordable at an affordable price because all of the burgers are a fixed price i think it's like 13.95 yeah yeah for sure and then there's a added contest piece where the businesses are all vying for um, winning one of three categories which i don't actually know what the categories are but uh you can find out more um yeah, we'll, we'll give you some more info uh, you can later be a in the episode. Winner. On the Nelson Star under uh, contestants. If you go to the Nelson Star website, you'll find it. Do you guys know anyone who's like particularly lucky? I have a friend that I feel like she enters contests all the time. So I guess that's one factor. But she wins like every contest. It's insane. What? Yeah, she's lucky. She's some a people contest are just blessed. winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so Tamil Kitchen is vegetarian, right? Um, I think a lot of their menu is, but not all of it. They oh, okay. do serve meat dishes as well, um, and delicious beverages. Yeah. Yeah, they've been. They were at another location when I first moved here, and they opened up on Baker Street, and it looks lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so bright and warm in here. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm gonna order a masala chai because. It's cold out. Ooh, masala chai. That's a good idea. Do you guys want to get chai? Yes, I do. (laughs) Do we want to chai it up? I do. So, what do you know about this burger? I think it might be the only vegan or vegetarian burger option of Burger Month. Yeah. There's like a lot of burgers. There's like 22 different burgers that we can try from. 
but we're only gonna get to three today. And this yeah. is the only vegetarian one. I'm surprised about that, to be honest. I know, hey. This is Nelson. I can't some confirm fish that. Runs. I haven't read all of the descriptions because there's a lot of descriptions, but I think this is the only one. Um, there's some fish burgers. There's we were just over at Pitchfork having a venison and elk burger. Yum yum yum. Fancy fans. Mm-hmm. Venison and elk burger. That was delicious. It had like a um, what was that thing on top of it as a garnish? A, a pickled Brussels sprout. I love Brussels sprouts. Me too. They're so delicious. And I love pickles. And I love pickled things. Yeah, it was. It was. I'd never been in Pitchfork before and it was actually pretty nice i would go back there i'm planning to go back there for brunch potentially next weekend Ooh, brunch next weekend yum yum our waiter max told us that um he saw over the course of burger week so far he's sold like 1500 burgers and in fact like most of the people that come in there um like are ordering burgers so i think it's like uh, drastically improved their business for the months yeah he also said that they're not really making money on the burgers oh oh yeah no no, they're not really making much money on the burgers no um but that it's for the fun of it and for the creativity of the chefs getting to plan a burger and compete with each other uh and have it be this big community event that people are participating in yeah and people talk about it all all month they call it burger week but it's really burger month Thirty days of delicious burgers. The, they said that Pitchfork has won the past three years in a row. Yeah, no, two years. Oh, okay. Yeah, trying to want, make it the they third. They want to be the third year oh, for, yeah. for best tasting. I think there's most original, best tasting, and maybe another category. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, I love it. And while we were eating our burger, you were telling us you surprised us with a. Uh, this lovely little tidbit about you, Bria. Um, oh yeah, so I um, I am a burger connoisseur, I'd say. Um, connoisseur de burger. I um, I was vegetarian for uh, a lot of my life, and um, I um, I had a little vegetarian uh, uh, veggie burger business. Did you know? This is the second time I've heard about it today, but it's the first time for most or not for today. Um, Yeah, so my friends and I used to sell um, uh, veggie veggie burgers at the farmers market, and it was something really fun that we could do and make like an extra like a a side hustle kind of. Um, But yeah, so I did that for like three years, and we we sold only veggie burgers and. I, I called one of them the Burger of Excellence. The Burger of Excellence. Yes, yes, the Burger of Excellence. Um, and that one was like beets and carrots and um, uh, like seeds and stuff. Mm. Do you wish that you were competing in Burger Month? Oh my God, do I ever. Do I ever wish I was competing? <laughs> Which burger would you would you um, display for your Burger Week Okay, so... Item? Um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but there were three veggie burgers, and I always said that the best one was the Burger of Excellence, hence the name. Um, but my other buddy that I that I ran the business with, um, I think she preferred more of like the black bean and sweet potato version. Mm. It's a classic. Um, yeah, but I much prefer like the beet and carrot. So I'm pretty excited to try this veggie burger. Yeah, so you used to be a vegetarian, right? What happened? Oh, to be honest. You found bacon. 
actually, you know what did it? <laughs> um, Polish sausage. I I was living with this <laughs> Polish woman, and she would always like tempt me with her sausages. Um, and also, I got quite sick because I wasn't a very good vegetarian. It's really hard and expensive to be a healthy vegetarian. Vegetarian, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I was also. I'm also a recovering vegetarian, I guess. Um, I was kind of a vegetarian on and off uh, for most of my teen years. I started being a vegetarian because my friends were vegetarians and it seemed like a cool thing to do. <laughs> and then found some other justification and like environmental reasons around the production of meat being pretty unsustainable environmentally in the ways that it's consumed typically in North America. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then in the last couple years, I've started eating meat more and trying to be aware and as ethical as possible about it. Um, but I feel like Nelson has a lot of like local meats that are like ethically raised. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I was an on and off vegetarian for a long time. Now I'm a now I'm an ethical eater, as I like to say. It's really hard to be an ethical eater. My sister was just telling me the other day that uh, the avocado production that is rampant um, because of the demand for avocados is responsible for some deforestation and desertification in Mexico and probably other places. So now I'm like, oh gosh, do I have to stop eating avocados? I love them. No. But yeah, like keeping on track of a local diet and you know, am I just supposed to eat squash all winter? It's it's interesting how um, like food crazes can have such an effect on um, uh, you know like the 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 places that grow them. I mm-hmm. think that that happens with almonds as well, yep. avocados. Yeah, it's not good. And quinoa too. Quinoa is a big one. Yeah. And quinoa is mostly around water because it requires a lot of water to uh, produce it. Well, actually, to not produce it, but to like process it. Oh. Yeah, because it has a uh, quinoa has something called saponins on it, which is a natural soap-like protein that has to be washed off and then dried, and it has to go through sometimes multiple washing drying cycles. What do you call that tiny, tiny quinoa? Baby quinoa, canoa. Ba- baby quinoa. Have you guys ever had that? Canoa. I know that Shazad has yeah. only because I know you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's baby quinoa. It grows in a much higher um, elevation and much more drought resistant, and it's like it's kind it's kind of like sand. The texture of it is kind of like sand when it's dry. I'd say, yeah. as opposed to like you know, grainy. Yeah. Seedy. Graveling. Jeez, who knew that your query radio hosts were such food intelligent humans? Just wait till you hear Shaz uh, get poetic about the burger that's on its way to us right now. Because Shaz got quite poetic at Pitchfork. And unfortunately, we were still in the learning curve of this portable recorder. So we don't have that conversation for you. I have like looked up really like fancy words to describe food. Uh, Like charred glazed anyways just so while we're talking about food we can't talk about uh, deliciousness and greatness of foods without talking about about how food can trigger people as well too and I think that's an important thing to bring up uh, so to acknowledge the fact that this this our radio show to this week could be triggering for some people and to talk about like how do you support people around uh, who have uh, 
food, food sen- not food sensitivities, food, and I don't want to say issues either. How, what would you call it? Food. Like, they're just triggered. I yeah. mean, I think the thing is we all have a different relationship with food, and sometimes that relationship is really complicated. For me, I've always been a very thin person, and... Uh, been able to eat whatever I want and my body is just what it is and in our society that's kind of glamorized and seen as like good and valuable and I remember growing up people adults commenting on the things that I ate and being like oh my goodness like I can't believe you can eat all that and still like look like you do and as a young child hearing this and being like um can I like have the food that I want to eat and I'm hungry for and have not like not have people judging me or like idolizing me for something that I actually don't control how my body looks you know Um, and it's very impressionable uh, for kids to hear that kind of messaging and to hear adults who are yeah glamorizing thinness when really there's so many good ways to be in a body and they don't all look the same. I actually hate it when people comment on my body like like why are you even like talking about the way that my body looks or about the way that my body's changed. Um, I think if you're complimenting someone, there's a lot of ways to like do that without like complimenting someone physically. Mm-hmm. For instance, you can say like, um, you're a great listener or like, I value you instead of like, oh, I, I love like, you know, the, like the way that you look or something. Yeah. And being vague about those comments, too, is more damaging than not, right? Um, yeah, and that whole idea about healthy foods, too, and how that can be shaming, in a sense. Or, Food like, shaming. diet culture. Oh, yeah, diet culture, definitely. Yeah, but also the general culture of um, glamorizing, I keep using that word, but having a certain image of healthy food as good food and and that certain foods are better than other foods and that that also contributes to the person and like you're a bad person if you like have that extra slice of cake um, is something that I feel like is common to hear of like oh I'm just gonna be like a little bit naughty and you know have another brownie when it's like just do you you know it's okay to have another brownie um, and and we're all hearing that and being impacted by that and internalizing that shame and guilt around food when really we should just be enjoying it or just eating and yeah the mind has to be in a, the mind has to be in a beautiful place to enjoy food right and if it's if and when we uh, when we talk about food and uh, what am I trying to get at when we when we talk about oh should you really have that extra piece of brownie then you're denying yourself some emotional fulfillment and emotional release at the same time because so many of us almost I think almost all of us have some sort of emotional eating need right because it goes back to we have to sustain ourselves and maybe that sugar helps to calm down your dopamine system because you're stressed out and what's wrong with that yeah, I have, a, I have a thing for late night chocolate eating. I'm really into it, is what I'm trying to get at. And, that, and also I feel like some people um, would say that like that's not an appropriate thing to do or like shame me for like my chocolate consumption. And um, I've had an experience recently where someone was uh, like kind of like pushing their like health of like values on me and like telling me that I should eat all the kale, 
eat them, you know. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, it, what's what's good for your body might not be good for my body, essentially. Like, yeah. we all are different. We're unique beings with unique physiologies and things that make us feel good and things that make us feel bad. And having someone else tell you, like, you should feel bad about that um, is just not helpful in any way. And I don't think people are... Cognizant? Yeah, really aware of the actual harm that that might have and how commenting on what someone else is eating, um, yeah, may be really upsetting and unwanted. And why do we feel the need to do that? I like what you said about um, how what, what is good for one person is not necessarily good for another person. You know, like we all have like different constitutions and things that are, yeah, as you said, the things that are good for me are not necessarily the things that are good for you. So who are you to, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. But speaking of talking about food, it's starting to get me hungry now. I'm excited about this burger. Does anyone have the description of the burger? Oh, let me go take a photo of the, of the um, thing and I'll let you know in a hot minute. It's the Cooney Table Kitchen Chick Room Burger. And we will hear more in a moment. Oh, there's a cute little banana plant. I assume that's fake. I don't know that we can grow bananas in Nelson. <laughs> I think it's fake. They're like no, mini demand bananas. And it's not bananas. It's um, those are that's fake bananas. But behind you is a uh, is a bird of paradise. I know. Look at that plant expert right here. Okay, tell us about this burger, Chef. Okay, so it's the KTK Chick Room Burger. Comes with a homemade chickpea patty. Oh, I lost it. Hold on, give me a second. Oh. Homemade chickpea patty. Mmm. With mush, it's a mushroom patty with intense Indian flavors on a bed of cabbage, uh, pakoda, garlic and cayenne chutney, oh my God. layers of spicy mango pickle, and garnished with avocado reta, served on a locally baked calbrizi bun. Oh, and here it comes. Oh Look at that. Does that ever look good? It sure does. And they even cut it nicely for us. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. It's like a monstrosinous burger. And, and it comes with a little bit of papadam, it seems. Ooh, interesting. Okay. And a nice little lemon on top. So okay. who would like to try the first bite? I'm just going to get this lemon off. Check out our Facebook and um, like that page, Query with ABS, if you want to stay in touch with what we're up to here. Mmm, it even smells wonderful, too. Do you guys want me to put this lemon on your piece? Uh, sure. I'm going to have the, the cauliflower pakora. Whoa, mm. I just heard that. Mm? I heard the sound. I'm glad the listeners are really here for this whole sensory experience. It's crunchy and delicious. The smell. Okay, uh, that might be oh a, a little bit too much now. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, let us know how oh you feel my. about chewing sounds for whoa. future episodes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is really good. I'm really into it. You've had the first plates? bite? I had a little piece of it. I haven't had the full, um, okay, but I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Are you ready? We'll watch you eat it. Mm. Oh, it even smells wonderful. There's a nice blend of spicy. Okay, I just want to say that I, 
I think that this is better than the Pitchfork Burger. <gasps> Whoa. You mean the restaurant that's won best tasting burger for the past two years? This is better? This, this is very delicious. Is it? Yeah. I love it. Coming from a burger connoisseur? It's, it's quite spicy and it's got like so much flavor. Whoa, 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 whoa. Coming from a veggie burger connoisseur. Wow. Yeah, they've done a really good job. Very nice. And kudos for them for going different with a veggie burger. Mm. Veggie burgers is, is like, it's not something common that people would think about going out for. Yeah, you so, gotta be a little more creative. Yeah. And it gives, like, it gives room for different, um, different flavors and whatnot. Okay, I'm gonna have to join you on this one. Oh, look at the lemon preserves, the mango preserve. Okay. While these two are munching away, uh, there's something I wanted to talk about, which is not related to Burger Month per se, but this past Wednesday, it was the Trans Day of Remembrance, Ooh. and there was a vigil that happened um, at the corner of Baker and Ward, where we read the names to honor the 300 plus, I think 331 maybe, or maybe more, um, people, trans people who were murdered in the past year, which is really heavy and really, yeah, it's really a day of marking that loss that our world has, that gender diverse people are not held in the respect and esteem and dignity that they deserve and that this is still a very prominent global issue that people are being killed for their gender identity and so we in this event um, read their names they were listed on pieces of paper and there was photos for a lot of people and information on how they were killed which for me at this event I had this interesting inner dialogue with myself of um, listening to just hearing a person's name and then this person was stabbed or this person was beaten to death or this person was hanged or strangled or shot and being like oh my gosh like this is Traumatic. so brutal mm -hmm. and yeah traumatizing because a lot of the people there like are trans people or like who are close to and love trans people and it's very very upsetting to hear all of this information of like what has happened to people and be like oh my gosh you know i can't imagine the grief that the violence that, that occurred to them right before they died and, and that's that's the hardest thing with their trans brothers and sisters and is siblings that, and siblings is that they are faced with some of the most violent abuse abuses to them out of anybody right mm -hmm. and, and so I had this inner conflict of being like that is what we're reading about them at this event that this is their name and this is how they were brutally killed and for me wanting to have more of a focus on how they lived and how they were loved and how we honor them um, and have the day that we remember them be about what they brought to this world and how we love and care for them uh, in their 
passing uh, and not focusing on like the worst thing that happened to them in their lives uh, being murdered and but also not wanting to soften that fact that that violence happens and to like it's important that we acknowledge it it's important for me that I reflect on the privilege that I have that like that's not something I'm concerned about you know like being killed for my gender identity that's not a reality that I have to live with but it is for many people and I don't think we should protect people from having to think about that and having to think about how that does happen in our world to over 300 people every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think just for awareness sake, it's, um, I, I hear what you're saying in that you want to reflect on like the good things that these people have done, but it's also important to um, make people aware of the tragedies that are happening and i and it's it's like such an emotional experience um but it's really important too mm -hmm. how many people showed up for the vigil um i showed up late and then i had to leave early because i was working and then i was working um but i think there was maybe 30 people there maybe that's generous maybe there was 20 i'm not very good at estimating people but we were in the kind of area outside of Scotiabank, bank uh, so it was a circle full of people that were filling that space and there was candles and yeah it was really emotional and charged and lots of tears and yeah important uh but difficult um just to change subjects uh, again back to this delicious burger that i <laughs> devoured i know i i just like snarfed it it's um and it's I, it's light right so i don't feel heavy after it so good wow it has a nice level of crunch but also is balanced by that like soft lovely burger and bun I really like the addition of the pickled um, mangoes. Oh, is that what that was? I thought it was like apples or something. Mm, delicious layers of pickled mangoes Ooh, yeah. that really like kind of brighten up the whole minutia of veggie burger deliciousness that we just consumed. And now we're watching Axel longingly <laughs> as they delicately sample the merchandise so i could eat a whole one of those say good all right we're back you're listening to query on 93.5 kuni co-op radio that was a song what song was it we don't know yet um because we're at marzano's right now that's right we're uh we're getting burger number three of the day um il quadrato it's called the il quadrato yeah hey Italian spiced beef and pork patty, fior de latte, Roma tomato, pancetta crisp, frigge, herb aioli, and housemade ciabatta. Ciabatta? Is that the bread? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm excited about this. I've never been in Marzano. What's the Pitchfork and Marzano. These are new places for me today. Burger Ch month is changing me. Isn't it great to come to a fancy restaurant and... Not spend a hundred dollars on a meal. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. I feel pretty fancy today. Do you feel fancy in here? 
I mean, I feel fancy anywhere they offer complimentary sparkling water. <laughs> it's such a difference between this one and the other. The first restaurant that we went to, the first restaurant was dark and like warm and closed and intimate, while this one is like bright and open and spacious. And it's kind of slow right now, which is nice for like talking factor. But um, I imagine that, like, at dinner time, it's pretty bumping. Walking by the street all the time, you see, it's always busy. Yeah, they have really good food here. I've been here, like, once before, and I got pizza. (laughs) How was the pizza? It was crazy good. I think it was, like, a white sauce with uh, duck. Mm. Like, not not your typical pizza. It was so good, though. I'm really enjoying all the ambient noise as I listen through the headphones of this recorder. It's a lot. There was some intense uh, beverage cocktail shaking happening that I was very aware of. Um, but what else is on my list? Oh, right. We oh. were going to do some follow-up on can I, can previous I just, episode. Can I just make a comment on the whole like drink-making things? I, um, I work at a restaurant part-time, and sometimes I have to do that, and I hate it so much. They make you, like... They make it's, you like, yeah. and it's like, I guess you can't see what I was doing there, but I was just like shaking the cocktail thing, like, like I'm pretending, and I, it's like my least favorite thing to do, because I, it's hard, and you have to like do it for like a minute or something. Ugh, Get not, that shake on, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't love that. The, the folks at Marzano seem very talented and enthusiastic about it. <laughs> Unlike this kid. <laughs> so, uh... Listeners, we had some feedback from one of you, uh, which we really appreciate because we are three imperfect people who sometimes say things on the radio that we don't realize may be harmful or that we don't have the full picture. Like, of course we don't have the full picture. We're just three queers sitting at a table at Marzano. Meeting once a week to talk about life. So any input that we get is always, always well received. So we were talking, we got feedback on our the post-Halloween episode, if you all were listening to that, where we talked about uh, Halloween costumes and being out from Nova Scotia, because I was dressed up as a Nova Scotian. And so we got some feedback. What was the feedback there? Mm-hmm. So I made a comment, I believe, about, uh, we were talking about racism and people assuming that Shaz was a Paddington bear yeah. because they couldn't imagine a brown person being also Nova Scotian and um, a very friendly listener let us know Mm -hmm, um, that there is actually a very rich black history um, and community in Nova Scotia and that Nova Scotia was a place that folks first freed from slavery settled and so it has a very long history and folks in Nova Scotia who are black continue to struggle to not be erased as communities are gentrified and they face specific kinds of racism there. Um, yeah. yeah, and and Bria, you had a little bit more to say about that. Uh, yeah, I just I wanted to make mention of um, Africville, which is... Um, a community founded by Black Nova Scotia, Black Nova Scotians, and um, it's located, uh, if you know Halifax at all, um, in between Bedford and the north end of Halifax. And um, 
Yeah, so many of the first settlers were form, former slaves of the United States, black loyalists, um, who were freed by the Crown during the American Revolutionary War um, in the 1812. And uh, yeah, so we just wanted to make mention that uh, there is a large uh, black population in Nova Scotia. And um, in fact, um, this is um, a, a topic where we can bring up environmental racism because this community, um, because uh, there are a lot of marginalized and uh, poor people in there have been subject to a lot of discrimination in their community. Uh, for instance, um, there's been like an introduction, an introduction of just like poor living conditions in this area, and um, I guess the, the Nova Scotian government has like recognized and apologized for the um, the way that this community has been treated. Mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and environmental racism more broadly just talks about how the kind of intersection of place and racism contributes to things that have negative environmental consequences for people tending to happen closer to communities of color. Um, so things like mines and uh, smelters and even, things even that... clean drinking water, that, mm -hmm. that huge issue with, with our First Nations community and facing face with poor drinking water quality. That's another version and of environmental racism. Pipelines, right all these sorts of things mm -hmm. are more likely to negatively impact um, and be planned to impact uh, around communities of color. So that's environmental racism. In a nutshell. Um, another piece that um, our listener, uh, Amanda, brought forward was that the word cooties apparently has uh, roots in racism, and that's not a cool thing to say, which uh, we were we mentioned in our discussion of gender-neutral bathrooms that came up so um yeah thanks to amanda for sending this message and letting us know how we can learn and grow with each other we're really grateful for that kind of feedback and if other listeners have anything that they want to share you can of course send us a message on facebook if you don't personally have a contact with bria or shaz or i and we would be happy to learn from you because we're just in this process together and we're really grateful to be in community with all of you. Also, if you want to be interviewed, send us a message. We'd love to hear all of the diverse voices that make up the Kootenays, especially late night Kootenays on 93.5 CJLY. Kootenay Co-op Radio. What else is on my list here to chat about? Oh, do you want an update about the Women's Center? Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. So, so but before you could, uh, before the update, let's talk about the importance of having um, voices on the board of directors. So let's start with that uh, introduction first. So on December 4th at... 6.15 p.m. at the Adventure Hotel Ballroom will be the uh, annual general meeting. It's open to anybody, but what we're what they're really looking for is um, board members. Mm -hmm. And 
10 members. Ooh, but look, here comes our burger. Okay. I'm going to have a whole Whoa, pause to look at how good. beautiful. Whoa. It is good. <laughs> Thank looks you. amazing. Yes. Thank you. Wowie, wow. Wow. They even cut it into three pieces for us. Whoa. Homemade focaccia. Ooh, this looks good. If you tell good. people they have, that you have a radio show, they'll just do whatever you want. <laughs> Look at that burger. And oh, so the, bur- the so bun good. is a lot different too. It's a square bun. Uh, mm. It looks like it's nicely nicely toasted. It looks like it was cooked in the oven, in their brick-fired oven. Not brick-fired, wood-fired oven. Is it wood-fired? Gas-fired, wood oven. Some sort of oven that uses flames. Where is it? Oh yeah, I see it over there. Mm, so nice. who's gonna be the first to dig in? But can we still talk about? Yeah, let's still talk about the woman's side. I'm just gonna smell this for a while. And the reason why that there were where we, especially on Query, and especially myself, is looking to promote and find a good board of directors is because the current board. There's at least five people on the current board who um, are against trans, basically against trans rights. Am I correct with that? Yes. Um, against uh, well, outwardly spoken. I haven't spoken to them. No. About it. Uh, so I, I heard it from others. Be, I want to be totally yeah. transparent that I haven't had conversations that that is the perspective of these folks. What I do know is that, um, yeah, six board members currently out of seven um, have been involved with a group in town that is known as the Bread and Roses Collective. Uh, and that group has been organizing and fundraising for many um, months um, around um, bringing a lawsuit against the Women's Center. And this lawsuit came about um, through a various series of events, but trans inclusion at the Women's Center is definitely an issue that is has been a catalyst of this organizing mm-hmm. and there is some question from certain members of the Bretton Roses Collective about whether the Women's Center should be a place for trans people and whether um, there's space for people who are impacted more broadly by gender-based violence and, um, and gender oppression. Um, rather than just having a women-only space, which some people are arguing is what should happen, that the Women's Center should just remain to be only for women. And my perspective is that um, that we're stronger together than we are divided, mm-hmm. and that uh, trans people are some of the most, um, as we talked about in, with the Trans Day of Remembrance, they're the most impacted by violence. very extreme yeah. violence and um, that the same root causes of patriarchy and sexism um, and the way that women are impacted negatively by those things um, have the same root causes of what trans people face and experience um, in a lot of ways and there's a lot shared there and that we have the resources to share so why wouldn't we? Yeah and it's it's a community that if if it's not, if the support doesn't come from the Women's Center, where are these people getting their support then? Exactly. Like, we need safe spaces for trans people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a question because the Women's Center is a nonprofit society. It's run by a board of directors who are elected by members. And the members really get to decide who is representing them on the board and who is running the organization. 
So our AGM on December 4th uh, is when those elections happen. And any uh, woman is eligible to run for the board if they become a member. And any member is eligible to vote either in person at the meeting or by proxy, meaning you can basically ask someone who is going to be at the meeting to vote on your behalf. And to become a member, you either need to volunteer for four hours or um, there's a membership fee, which is 15 to $40 sliding scale. And you can do that on our website, nelsonwomencenter.com, through the Donate Now portal. <laughs> can uh, you remind me again what day it is? It's Wednesday, December 4th. The meeting will start at 6.15 at the Adventure Hotel Ballroom. And uh, it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Show up, show up just for the just for the fun of it. See how the business of a nonprofit goes down, especially when there's so much on the table for so many people, and there's a lot of charge around our AGM because last year's AGM was a bit catastrophic, and we're still kind of healing from that. Mm. If we're even if we've even begun healing, really. But I hope that we can. I'm, I I think that it's possible for us to talk to each other. How how many people are on the board versus the five people that are, are six people are against it, and there's seven people on the board currently. Oh wow! Okay. It's really good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's delicious. Speaking of, back to this burger. Bria's the only one who's uh who's um bitten into it. How is it, Bria? Um. I um I want to say that I don't love the patty. I don't love the patty. Um, it's, Be um, honest. It's um the bread is really good though. Um, it's like really juicy and um there seems to be some um some um. Dried tomatoes or something? Um, roasted tomatoes? Yeah, roasted tomatoes. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I'll agree with you. It's not my favorite favorite mm-hmm. so far. It's delicious. It's light. It's um, it's good, but not my favorite so far. How about you? Axel. Yeah, I'm really into the the ciabatta bread. That's delicious. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just have really high standards because we've been um, we've been burgering <laughs> it up today. So yeah, what was our? Can we, can we talk about our first burger since we we didn't record that section and we just need to do a little bit of a recap? Ooh, the first burger was a delicious one. Um, it was a venison and elk burger with um, Asian, like it had an Asian feel to it, so there was a... It was like bacon, um, maple bacon, poison ketchup, what else? Wasabi mayo. Oh, that wasabi mayo. It was like wasabi and maple mayo. Yeah. It was really good. And did, did anyone mention the crunchy onion? No. Yeah, there was some crunchy Oh, crispy onions? onions? Crispy yeah. onions that were like, I don't know, deep fried battered onions or something? Mm-hmm. Oh. Tiny one though, mm. like an Yeah, I like the patty in this one. The patty is, is light. You got a good mix of the uh, pork belly and the beef. So the beef, it doesn't give you that strong of a beef flavor, but you got the nice sweetness of the pork. Do you guys feel like like you're um, 
Like a food connoisseur? Food critic? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Do you feel like you're getting extra service because you have um, like some like a recorder device in your hand? A recording device, I have to say, is not big enough. That's all I gotta say about that. And that fuzzy microphone cover, we need one of those. So I hope you enjoyed our uh, show today. So far, we're gonna go on some radio silence while you listen to another song, because we need to undo our pants and sit here with all of the delicious burgers that we just ate. We have to unbuckle. <laughs> in, in thirds. <laughs> I, I, I do have some more thoughts. I'm really into this patty, but I'm, I really, yeah. You're I, into it. I'm into the patty. I, I, I'm definitely a pork person. I really like pork. Um, post-vegetarian, now pork lover. Yeah. Anyway, you know, that's pork my thoughts. But it's nice that there's a diversity of burger mediums that it's not just all beef burgers all the time and that this competition has allowed space for uh, yeah various fish burgers chickpea burgers elk and venison burgers yeah it's all it's all happening and right we haven't here even touched the ocean yet yeah. <laughs> we got one more episode what's your favorite chaz Excuse me. <laughs> My favorite would have been the first one that we ate. Oh, okay, okay. Just the layers of flavors in it. Without having it, without being super overpowering. All right, listeners. Well, we don't have time or energy to complete the other 19 burgers that are available. So please, please let us know if you have a favorite burger that we didn't try. You can leave us a comment, uh, post on our Facebook page, and maybe we'll try to have that one too mm-hmm. we got one more week of this so get out there and eat your burgers <laughs> okay we have a little bit of audio from pitchfork from interviewing our surfer about burger month so we'll leave that here and then we will uh hear you next time thanks for listening to query This month, have you, have you, like, do you think that, like, most people will order a burger? No. Yeah. By far. Okay. So we've We'll sold, mention that. We've more than double um, people have ordered burgers to anything else. We've sold 1,500 burgers already. Holy just what? Month. Oh, my God. Whoa, that's crazy. Do you have a lot of people from out of town that come just for Burger Week? Yeah, well, a lot of people, it's fun to tell people if they don't know about Burger Week, you know, they get really excited. You know? <laughs> what? Burgers <laughs> everywhere! And if you love burgers, like, what a great time to come to town. I mean, you can just try a bunch of, and it's like, and you just tell them, it's like, a lot of the restaurants are like, barely making a cent on their burger, we're all just doing it for bragging rights, like, we just want to be number one. And it also brings a community together too, it right? It does. Yeah. A lot of the time, I mean, like, before this was Bebo, and um, we're one of the more high-end places it's in town, right. but it's nice to bring people in who haven't been here before, who think it's a bit hoity-toity. Yeah. And they get to sit down, and it's like, oh, it's nice in here. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. No better, w- no better way to talk about queer issues than with a mouthful of hamburger. Oh, and by the way, I ended up going to the Pride meeting that they had uh, earlier this week, and it was a great turnout. Uh, we've decided that there's going to be a uh, 
Kootenai Pride meet and greet coming up at the third or fourth week in January. So stay tuned for more information. Or if you want to participate, shoot us a message on Facebook and we will get you in touch with the right people.